Hello, hello, and welcome back to another episode. Ooh, I got a good one for you. So this is going to be a Uber story. So um, this would have been ooh, probably four and a half years ago, eh, maybe four years ago. It, so it was a Sunday morning, and it was kind of slow, you know, just picking up people, dropping them off. and then I get a fare to go and pick someone up from an impound lot. And I go there and pick up this guy. He's probably mm, 21, 22. Um, and I'm thinking, you know, he got his car impounded. He parked it in the wrong spot, blah, blah, blah. Um and so I'm asking the guy, I'm like, you know, oh, did you get your car impounded? And he's responding um, like he doesn't want to tell me. Like, like he wants to tell me, but he doesn't. You know, one of those weird conversations where you know someone is holding something back. And so, you know, I'm like, oh, so did you get your car impounded? And he's like, no, not really. And I go, oh, um, what happened? And he's like, um, he's like, well, it's in an accident. And I was like, oh no, did someone hit you? And he's like, no, not really. And I go, oh, did you hit someone? And he's like, no, that's not really exactly what happened. And I go, oh, he goes, I hit a fence. And I was like, you hit a fence? And he's like, yeah. I was like, oh, did you slide out, like smash into it? Um, you know, did someone swerve into you? He's like, no, DUI. I was like, huh? He's like, yeah, I was, I was drunk. I was like, oh, wow. Okay. Um, I was like, how'd they catch you? He's like, um, well, I was going pretty slow, almost home and they pulled up behind me. I'm like, oh, okay. And he's like, yeah, I, I really don't remember anything about what happened. And I was like, oh, and he's, so I said, you know, we're, um, are we, am I taking you home? You know, we had already been driving at this point. I think we're going like 10 minutes, 20 minutes down the road. And I said, you know, are you going home? And he's like, no, I can't find my truck. I was like, what? He's like, yeah, I was impounded. I thought it was at this impound lot, but it's not. And I had been to that impound lot, um, probably, I think maybe three months earlier, um, I was out on a Tinder date and the person I was on a date with met me downtown Indianapolis. And there's an Arby's that a lot of people park behind. Um, there's like a little alley. And if you, you know, pull over um, onto one of the right or left sides, you could park there for free. So, um, so the plan was we would park there, you know, 
eight or nine o'clock at night and we would go and, you know, get drinks and hang out and, you know, bar hop and whatnot. Um, and then we would, um, at some point we would move the cars from there to a parking spot that is a free parking overnight. Um, Indy, um, on the weekends allows for free parking. So that was the plan. The plan was, you know, cause every single parking spot was full this night. Like it was not normal. Normally you just drive around, you find a place to park, you park there, blah, blah, blah. So the idea was let people, you know, um, finish their nights and take off. So, uh, we got too focused on drinking and partying and having a good time that we completely forgot to move our cars. So 3 a.m. rolls around and we ended up taking a Uber out of the city. And the next morning, uh, we took an Uber back to the city and we were like, yeah, drop us off at the Arby's. And we got out, we started walking down and I'm looking and it was as if it, it felt like it was as if I was in a different, uh, city or something, because I'm like, where are our cars? There were no cars, (laughs) the two cars, my, my car and her car gone. I'm like, how did we lose two cars? So that's when we realized we must have been towed. Someone must have come and towed us. And so we're thinking, who is the towing company? How do we find the towing company? So we're literally, you know, slightly hungover, standing there in an alley by Arby's, looking around for signs of no parking. We didn't see any signs. We saw no signs for no parking. And... So then we go into Arby's and we're like, hey, who would have towed us from that alley? And they go, oh, there's a sign on the pole. Um, And we're like, the telephone pole? And they're like, yeah. So we go back out there, look at the telephone pole. Of course, there's two different companies, one on each side of the alley. So we call one, no answer or no car, um, no cars. Then we call the other one and they're like, ding, ding, ding. We got your cars. We want cash money to get them back. Um, uh, well cash money and, um, yeah. So, uh, then we order an Uber and we're waiting, um, to take it to the impound lot. And that's when I see, like, you could barely see on the ground where my car was sitting it says in faded paint, no parking. And I'm like, that is ridiculous. If I was to fight this, I could have, and I probably would have won. But at this point in time, I was like, I just want my car back. You know, I drive for a living. I have to have my car. And that's when, uh, the girl I was with was like, I don't have any money. I was like, what? She's like, I don't have any money. I was like, you don't even have a hundred dollars. She's like, no. And I was like, oh, great. I'm going to have to take care of it. You know, 
Um, so we go to the impound lot and it's $150 per car. So I dropped 300 bucks really fast. And I don't know about you guys, but whenever I first start dating someone, I look for red flags. I look for signs that maybe this isn't so good. And this was a big red flag. This was like cars got towed and I had to drop $300. That's two red flags. That's two negatives. Not happy. Um, and yeah, we didn't, we didn't, uh, we didn't date too much longer. Um, but after that, um, but yeah, so I never, I never parked in crazy places again. I was like, nope, not doing it. Not worth my sweet, sweet cash money. But anyways, so back to the story. So we're driving to a second impound lot and you know, he's hoping that he can get something out of his car because he had stuff in there. Um, and, um, so then we go to the second impound lot and he's like, all right, I'll be back in a minute. So he, um, he takes off, goes into the main, um, the main, uh, building and I'm sitting there, you know, and two minutes go by four minutes, go by six minutes, 10 minutes, 12 minutes. And then I see him come out with some paperwork, but nothing else, just paperwork. And I go, um, and he comes back, gets in the car and, and he just has this look of slight terror on his face. And I go, did you get your stuff or did you find your truck? And he's like, yeah, I found the truck, but it's under police surveillance. So no one is allowed to enter into it until they've done their whatever. I was like, what? He's like, yeah. And the truck is really bad. I was like, what do you mean? He's like, it's almost bent in half. I was like, what? He's like, yeah, I did not think it was that bad. So now I'm like thinking, what kind of fence did he hit? So like, holy crap. So that's when uh, he changed the destination to go to his home. So his home was like five, six minutes away from this impound lot. And he goes, hey, don't go left here and follow the navigation go right. I want to look at the fence. And I'm thinking, hell yeah, I want to look at the fence. Like I got to get closure. I got to figure this out. So I'm like completely invested now in this guy <laughs> and his story. So, um, so we start driving and he's like, you know, turn right here, turn left here, turn right here, keep going down straight. And then it's the next Right. And as we're getting closer and closer and closer, I realize that this is not a residence. This is not someone's home. This is not a white picket fence. This is not a dog yard fence. This is a giant Allison transmission compound. Like it's huge, massive. It doesn't have little wooden fences. It has something completely different. So we turn right 
and I'm looking at this like 15 foot high fence, right? Metal fence, very large. And we're going down, we're going down. All of a sudden I see the opening for you to go in with your vehicle and there's a gate that, that slides, um, back and forth. It has rollers on it and we're getting closer. We're getting closer. And then that's when I see seven of the posts completely flattened down and the main gate completely flattened down. And these posts were like a good six to eight inches in diameter. These are not little posts. And the the carnage that was that was displayed to our eyes was so immense that my heart stopped. And all I kept thinking was, this guy, he's lucky to be alive. He shouldn't be worrying about court dates and DUIs and paying back fines. This guy, second chance. And when I look back at him, I kid you not, he looked like he had saw a ghost and had tears in his eyes. Like he, he, yeah. And so that's when I'm like, what happened? You have to tell me this whole story. And he tells it to me in a way that I think he's been telling it to himself. So the story goes, um, he took off from home, went to meet some buddies at a bar. They, you know, he was only going to have one drink, ended up having, you know, what he called a little bit of alcohol. Um, I think it was either three to five shots and like several beers. So I'm guessing it was seven shots and five beers because he said that he was blacking in and out as he was leaving the bar, gets into his Toyota Tacoma Tundra, Toyota Tundra, the big one. Um, not, not a super duty, but just a full size Toyota truck gets into his Toyota Tundra. Probably I would say like 2015 or something, a newer model. And he continues to black in and out of driving. So he only has like little memories, little memories, little memories. And the road that he was driving down, um, came to this sharp right turn. So you're basically driving all the way around the back of Allison transmission when you go on this road, and then you turn a sharp right, and then it squiggles a little bit to the left. And so I could imagine him going, you know, I think the speed limit was probably, I would say 40. I could imagine him going about 65 miles an hour, coming up to that turn, losing control, and then seeing the left turn and then losing control again and sliding out. And because he hit the, the passenger side, uh, right, um, bed, the, the back, like right at the back door, it's a four door. So he hit the, the second door on the, the gate and that proceeded to crush the gates down. So he, the amount of speed he had to have had to, begin to crush down those poles and some of them went down and then pointed back up. So 
the the chance of one of those poles going, you know, through the driver's side and crushing him was, I mean, so then after he crushes, you know, like six to seven of those eight inch diameter poles and metal gate that's 12 feet high, um, somehow the Tacoma just won't quit and, and makes it back out on the street. And I think what happened was he had blacked out and then come to when the car, when the truck stopped, because he told me that, um, or not when it stopped, I guess he said that he was still moving and he came to, and he thought, oh, I think I have a flat tire. Yeah. That's what he thought. I think I have a flat tire. So he gets out of the truck in his drunken, blacked out state and looks at the driver's side rear tire, doesn't see that it's flat, and looks at the front tire, doesn't see that it's flat, and assumes he's good to go. So he begins driving um, this completely smashed Toyota Tacoma uh, Tundra and heads to a, a light somehow manages to make a left turn and then a right turn kind of the way that we came there. And he literally was like two minutes, if that maybe like two turns from his house when cops spotted him. And I'm like, how do they, how do they notice? Uh, what was the main sign that, that your truck was completely smashed? And he's like, he's like, no, they said that there were sparks flying out of the back of his truck because he had blown the tire and there were part, there was like part of the gate or the fence still dragging underneath his truck. So this guy took out a fence that should have stopped any vehicle and somehow managed to make it, you know, eight minutes down the road before cops saw his car just emitting fireballs out of the back of it. And, you know, they pull him over and obviously drunk as, as can be. And he gets a DUI. Um, and so I'm driving him, you know, back to his apartment and I'm, I'm telling him, I'm like, you, you need to realize that None of the financial, none of the DUI, none of the possible losing your job, none of that matters. What matters is that you didn't die or kill someone else. You've been given a second chance. You need to really start to look at your life in a different way now. You need to understand that most people in that situation would have died. And you know, he left my, my Uber car like shook and scared and teared up, but assured that good things are, are out there for him. And, um, yeah, I was, oh man, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why you take an Uber. <laughs> but anyways, that is, that's my, that's my story. Um, 
Once again, I thank you guys so much for lending me your ears, and I will catch you guys in the next one. Bye-bye.